Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us for today's edition of the program. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So glad to be with you. So blessed to be able to talk with you and to pray with you. So, of course, Calvary Live is the program where you can call and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. So you just heard the number to be able to do that. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and that is for you to be able to call and talk to us live here on the show. I am broadcasting live today on this Monday, uh, and so glad to be with you. Those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live on this Monday afternoon. Pray you're doing well. Uh, All along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming, blessings to you. Uh, whether you're at work finishing up or picking up kids at school or maybe getting them a snack or watching them at practice for football or whatever soccer it might be, if you have an opportunity, give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We got all open lines, and so I encourage you to call in early. Call in now while the lines are open, and as soon as the phone starts ringing, we'll go to the phone lines, and let's have a conversation that really is the heart of Calvary Live, to be able to call in and ask your questions um, and to be able to have a conversation as we minister to you. And uh, so I'd love to be able to do that. There's another means for you to be able to uh, contact us and ask a question or prayer request, and that's through a dedicated text line. It's for texting only. So as I always say, be careful when you're texting. And then uh, that's a different number at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, and so put those two numbers in your contact. You can pull them right up. And so I want to welcome everyone who's listening on another radio network, uh, Hope Truth FM, uh, the Radio FM, uh, Freedom FM. That is radio network uh, all around the country. Welcome. You are a week delayed as you're listening to the program, but you can call somebody. We'll answer the phone. We will have a conversation, and then you will be able to listen to it a week later. So give me a call anywhere in the country, whether you're listening on Grace FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, the Freedom Radio Network, online listeners all around the country, uh, from Florida up to Washington, from the East Coast to Southern California. Give me a call. Love to talk with you. 303-690-3000. Got a couple open lines. Let's go ahead and talk to Robert in Colorado Springs. Robert? Hey, Pastor. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the program. Um, So I just kind of had a question. Um, Me and my buddy were talking the other day, and he randomly asked me when I'm going to get married. Uh, And so it's kind of a hard one for me because I try to live... You know, as the Bible says, I try to take it at face value. Uh, I told him that hey, I would have to. Hey, Robert, do you have your radio on? Do you have your radio on? I'm getting no. a little bit of feedback. Okay, go ahead then. Um, 
so basically I was just kind of telling him that in order for me to get married, I would have to marry a woman that has never been married before, or if she was married, her husband would have to be deceased or something like that. Um, and he was basically telling me that I was wrong, uh, that I can, you know, marry anyone I want, regardless if, you know, if they um, still have a husband that's living, even though they're divorced. Uh, and so I was just curious, like, am I, am I wrong in my line of thinking for, you know, wanting to, you know, like, have a woman that's never been married, or if she was married, her husband was deceased or something like that? With the situation with you being divorced, or...? No, no, I've never been married. So okay. my friend is currently involved in a relationship where uh, his girlfriend is divorced. Her husband's still alive, or her ex-husband's still alive. And, you know, they're involved sexually and stuff like that. And basically, he thought I was kind of condemning them. Um, well, he was saying that... I, I, I think there's a couple issues here, Robert. And um, one is... One is when it comes to divorce, Paul, he's writing in First Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to give you uh, what God's Word says, some, some uh, uh, guidelines that are given. They were wondering, you know, do we stay with our unbelieving spouse? They were asking questions because Corinth was a very carnal city, and many people were coming out of idolatry. And he says, now to the Mary, I command you, not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to part from her husband. We do know that the Bible, and I'm sure that, Robert, uh, you've had this conversation with your friend, that it's God's desire that when a man and a woman come together, that let no man put asunder, as Jesus would say in Matthew's Gospel. But he says even if she departs, you know, um, he goes on to say, uh, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and a husband is not to divorce his wife. So perhaps that's where he's getting that from or or the discussion is leading to that it is told to us here that if you depart that you're to remain unmarried or be reconciled to you know your spouse now here's the hard part if you get divorced for whatever reason and then you know that person gets married then of course it it's going to be hard to remarry that individual so that's where there's different com- conflicts there's different conversations on this. Is a person free to marry, you know, even if their spouse is married to somebody else that, you know, that they had divorced? Um, it's going to be awfully hard to marry them um, and to wait on them if they're already married. Some people have the conviction of, no, I'm to remain married. Other people feel that they do have the opportunity to get married uh, as they are single. And, and, you know, Paul goes on with some other explanations in this. He goes on to say that if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. So Paul's trying to get the the Corinthians to realize, keep your marriage vows. Divorce is very serious. If you do get divorced, remain single, you know, and be reconciled. That's God's will. Um, But we know that that doesn't always happen. There have been uh, Christians that I know that have gotten married, they've been divorced for whatever reason. There's different reasons. Maybe perhaps that they were not believers. Uh, maybe uh, they had biblical grounds because of immorality. Jesus says, you know, gives the biblical grounds for divorce, not that you have to divorce in that time. There is room for reconciliation, for forgiveness, 
for restoration. But, you know, th- there is, <clears throat> you know, those who have gotten remarried, and they've gotten remarried as Christians, and God's hands on their marriage. So we look at these things, and I can just tell you what God's Word has to say. So uh, I quoted uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, him, and I guess he thought that I was taking a shot at him or you know his family or whatever. Because in Matthew chapter five verse thirty two it says, "I say unto you that whoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced commits adultery." And right. so basically, you know, he got upset with me, I guess, because he thought I was like trying to take a shot at him. But my main question is just. Um, like, am I in a right standing for wanting to, you know, if I am to get married, to do it biblically, to marry a woman that's never been married, yeah. or, you know, if her husband's passed away, it, you know, it's okay to marry in that case. And yeah, am Paul I in, gives, in the right line of thinking? Paul says that a widow, you know, has the opportunity to get married. He does make the case in First Corinthians chapter 7. He says it's better to remain single. The reason he says that is because then they can focus on the Lord. But you not being married to marry a, a, a widow um, is biblical. Here, when Paul or when Jesus says that, you know, divorce, if you've divorced your spouse, marry another, you, you've committed immorality, you know, divorce is a sin, but it's not an unforgivable sin. It's not what God intended. He says the same thing there in Matthew chapter 19, I believe, is where we read that. Uh, when they're asking him about marriage and divorce, he says the same thing uh, because it's God's intention that when a man and a woman come together in the covenant of marriage, that they are one flesh. He he quotes from Genesis chapter 2 that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and two shall become one flesh. And what God has put together, let no man put asunder, is God's intention that they be married for the rest of their life. And when there is divorce, except for the case of immorality, there is sin and there is adultery. It does not mean if that person marries another that they live in adultery, but he is saying that you've fallen short of what God wanted you in that marriage. For you, you know, to marry a widow, um, that she is free to marry again. And, um, And the Bible makes that clear. Paul gives the exhortation, that whatever state God has called you to be, then be in that state. <clears throat> and if you're married, you know, and you lose your spouse, you're a widow, then he says, you know, you're free to to serve the Lord. But that's not something that tells us in that chapter as you read it in full that, you know, you can't get married again. He's making a suggestion that you might want to consider this. Okay. Um, and just for clarity, like I said, my friend's involved with a woman who was married. She got divorced. That man's still alive. And they, my friend and his girlfriend, are not married in any way, shape, or form. And they're, you know, involved sexually. So is he in the act of adultery? Well, or he, they in the yeah, act he of fornication? Is. Yeah, he's in the act of, of, of you know, uh, sin because they're not married. And any kind of activity, sexual activity outside of marriage is sin. And it is reserved for the man who is, you know, and for the woman who is married. Marriage is to be between a man and a woman. And so in the confines of marriage. So yeah, we got an issue there of just immorality and sin that is going on. So 
Hey, Robert, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate your question. Hopefully that helps you out there. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and I believe we got um, a couple open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Cassandra in Franktown. Hi, Cassandra. Hey. Welcome Hello. to Calvary Live. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I have a prayer request. Okay. How can we pray? Um, so my, as uh, a good friend of my husband's from high school, um, she's dying. She has cancer. Um, they told her two weeks ago they thought she might be around for another week. So, like, her time is short. She does not know the Lord. And when we were back there, uh, she's in Minnesota. When we were back there uh, a few weeks ago and talking to her, um, she apparently was thinking about some of the things that, that we said, which was super exciting. But yes. um, she talked, I guess, to a chaplain that came over from hospice care and spent a lot of time talking to him. And she talked to my husband today and just said that she'd been thinking a lot. So we had sent her a track a few days ago, just kind of about Christianity. But if we could just have God's people just come together and just ask for Jesus to give her the faith that she needs to come to him and to repent and um, for him to save her, that would be awesome. That would be awesome to to pray for you. This is your husband's friend is dying of yes. cancer. Father, we do pray. As Cassandra calls in, Lord, you know who this individual is. And Lord, I pray that you would soften um, their heart. I pray that you would open their eyes, that, Lord, as the seed of the gospel has been presented, um, I pray that it would take root there. And, Lord, that, that this friend here would come to salvation as she's at the end of her life, seemingly. Lord, that more than anything, that she would come to salvation before she takes her last breath. And Lord, that she would understand that there is a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. She would come to understand that Jesus has given her hope through the cross of Calvary, that he is her salvation, loves her so much. So we pray that you would draw her, Lord, to yourself, that the Holy Spirit would just bear witness of the truth to to this friend up in Minnesota that is so precious to you, Lord. We just pray amen. that they would come to salvation, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank hey, you. God bless you. Hey, Cassandra, do you, do you have opportunity to continue to um, talk to this individual just keep giving them Jesus. Keep giving them the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, and that that message of hope. And 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 keep praying. We're going to pray with you. Yes, thank you very much. You bet. All right. God bless you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. Text line seven two zero three three six. 0897 is the text line. I want to remind you that that text line is a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request anytime. We use it during the show to fill in uh, time as the the calls perhaps drop off. Uh, But uh, we want to remind you that there are individuals there at Calvary Church that on the prayer team, the staff, that are going to be praying for you. So 
you can uh, send in a prayer request at any time, 720-336-0897. And uh, we got a couple prayer requests that have come in, and we're going to try to get to those prayer requests here during the show. But there are people there to pray with you and for you. Um, and we are, think we think it's I think it's pretty cool. I think it's so neat to have that available for you, and uh, because we need prayer. And if you need prayer and you want prayer over the um, airwaves, three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. And we got a couple open lines, so give me a call. In the meantime, we're going to go to Anastasia in Denver. Anastasia, hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. It's nice to talk with you again. Um, I'm calling Thank because you. I heard the first caller talk about um, marriage, and uh-huh. I had this question. I was wondering if there's anything in the Bible that talks about, um, like, uh, like I, I was thinking about arranged marriages between mm-hmm. young women and older men, and, you know, when they're so young, they don't really... Yeah maybe understand what's happening fully. And right. I was just wondering if, yeah, if there's anything in the Bible that talks about that, like if somebody's being forced into it, that it's not maybe um, right in God's eyes. or Right, right. And, you know, in the Old Testament, the ancient, um, you know, marriage um, process in Israel would include three steps. It would include the, um, <clears throat> you know, the, uh, the engagement period. The engagement period at, at that time was when they were young, and people lived in villages. Uh, people lived, you know, in you know different tribes. So families would get together and they would say, "Hey, little David, perhaps uh, is you know uh, here. Maybe we can arrange a marriage with little Ruth here." And those arrangements would be made when they were young. When they get got older, they would enter into what was called the espousal period, um, and that was the period that Joseph and Mary were in when um, the Christmas story took place in Matthew chapter one, um, in Luke chapter two, <clears throat> that it was Joseph that took his espouse wife uh, betrothed to Mary. That's more of the engagement period that we think of now. They were considered husband and wife. <clears throat> but they did not consummate the marriage. They did not live together. So Mary did not live with Joseph, did not consummate the marriage. It was usually about a year long, and that's when the man would prepare for the marriage. Sometimes that would include adding on to the father's house. When you go through the Middle East, you even see it today that when you know a family member is going to have a spouse, they would add to the house or... or you know, um, on their property, on their land, they would build another house for their spouse. They would prepare for that. A dowry would be arranged, and then would come the marriage ceremony. And we're actually going to be looking at that in Matthew chapter 25 and the parable of the wise um, and foolish maidens as the bridegroom came for them. So that is what we see in the Old Testament. In many parts of the of the world, in different cultures and different nations, there's still marriages that are arranged. Now, in Israel today, I don't believe it's that way. Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard of any, but in many cultures, it still is. <clears throat> and um, you know, when you tell young people 
you know, that there's arranged marriages. It's like, you know, kind of, it's a horrible thing or terrible thing that they want to be able to choose. And I'm very glad that I was able to choose. Um, but the Bible, ancient Israel does speak of that time, that process that they would go through. And oftentimes it, it was arranged, but there was ways out of that. There was a way to get out of that. Joseph was going to put Mary away secretly because, um, you know, here she comes up pregnant. And of course, it was the angel that said that Joseph don't, you know, be afraid to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She's going to bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So that's what we read about in the Old Testament. But um, different cultures, different nations. I remember Anastasia being in um, in um, Sudan, and some of the people that were getting saved and the different tribes that were there, and we were doing a leadership uh, conference there, and there was one man that was in a village, and we were going over the qualifications of a leader there in First Timothy chapter 4, the husband of one wife, and he came up and he said that, hey, you know, I, I've come out of this. I'm a believer now. I want to minister to my village. I got a problem here. I'm married to, like, I don't forgot, three or four wives that he had. And what do I do? And it's kind of like, you know, how do you, you know, minister, you know, in in that way, what do you tell them? We did tell them don't have any more wives. But, you know, in different parts of the world, there's um, different customs um, that, uh, you know, people come out of, like he did, that become Christians. So that's that's what I can tell you. I was just thinking, should we be happy when we see like a very, like there's uh, countries, like I know in Turkey, they're very young girls, like 14, you know, underage that get married to like 40-year-old men. And I was, should we be like happy, like that's right in God's eyes when they get married? Or, yeah, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, and, and, and it's hard to say because, you know, that's awfully young. And do they do those yeah. arrangements? And you got to remember, like in Turkey, you know, that's an Islamic nation. So, um, you know, that's something that may take place in under, you know, Islamic rule or whatever it might be. I don't know for sure. Um, but, you know, I know that marriage is to be where a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and the two become one flesh. And God's is the one that ordained marriage. And God is the one that wants to bless the marriage. And he gives us the roles of husband and wives that we are to follow and um, and as we do those things and give it to the Lord, the key to a marriage, to any marriage, is the foundation is Jesus Christ and a love for Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for answering my question. And, you know, it's, it's funny you were saying about, um, yeah, I lived in Greece for almost until I was 16. I moved to the States like 10 years ago. And in Greece, uh-huh. uh, most of the houses are made of cement, and you can see right. on the top of the roof, they have these metal poles that stick out, and they're meant for their children to build, when they get married, to build a house above theirs. Right. They can live right. close, yeah. You know, and it's a little different than, you know, we, our children grow up and they leave, and, and I have four adult children, and, you know, they've left the house. 
and um, there's a blessing in it, and there's also, you know, uh, family. Family was everything, Anastasia, back in ancient Israel. It was everything. It wasn't that you asked somebody, you know, um, you know, what do you do? You know, um, what's your job? Um, what's your favorite football team? You would ask, what tribe are you from? What's your family name? They would ask about their inheritance. So family was everything. And family's important to us, but that's why they would do that and the, continue the inheritance and all of that. So anyhow, um, good to hear from you. Yeah, good to hear from you, too. Thank you so much for everything. God bless you guys. You too, Anastasia. Stay in touch, okay? Will do. All right. All right, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Love to talk to you. And so we got a, a little bit of time before we go into break. Let's go ahead and go to Diane in um, Pennsylvania on line one. Diane? Yes. Welcome to the Hi. program. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I have, I, I don't know if it's a question or it's, it, but a problem. <laughs> I no. have, I have been in my family church most of um, my whole life up until a year or so ago, and I'm 59. So I don't, that's all I know. But I moved to a small town and it was far enough away that it made it not easy to get to church and to function. So I joined my local church mm-hmm. and I noticed I've been there about a year, and I noticed that I wasn't meeting as many people, and I wasn't as close and didn't have the camaraderie and the fellowship of of the other people. Well, during COVID, I guess the congregation dwindled in numbers, but over the years, they let, they told me that it has dwindled. Now, I am the young, second youngest person in my church, and I'm 59 years old. Mm-hmm. Um. And the, and the congregation is very small. And I've been struggling and praying and struggling and praying. Do I move to another church where I can find those things? There's things going on and fellowship and right. whatever. And I'm struggling with leaving because in my heart I know that I there's got to be something I can do to help this church. It's beautiful. Right. It, the people that are there are wonderful, but they're old. Mm-hmm. And I just need to know, um, how do you go about getting young families to join a church if there's no young families there? How do you get youth to join a church if there's no youth already there? Right. Um, I'm just struggling with what to do, and and I guess I just need help. Yeah. And, you know, Diane, you're asking a very important question, and I'm sure that there are those who are listening right now that maybe are going through the same thing. And I kind of want to walk you through it. I don't want to rush my answer. We're getting ready to go to break, Diane. So when we hear the music, we'll go to break. But I want you to hold on, stay on the line, and we'll continue our conversation after the break. Um, But, you know, here's the thing. You're asking a very important question because I drove my daughter out to Florida uh, last week. She's continuing her post grad education in Florida. She's a music uh, graduate here at University of Northern Colorado in piano performance. And so she's working on music production and and uh, and she's there in Florida and the church, which is a Calvary Chapel, that it's a new plant, but it's very, very small. It's only about 20 people. 
And so she, we kind of had this conversation yesterday. She called in. And so I want to pass along kind of what I told you and what other people, when it, when a church, maybe it's a new church, that's a church plant that's just beginning. Because I remember what it was like when we were small, when we were in the house, there wasn't youth, there wasn't young adults, there wasn't those things. But then a church that maybe dwindles, like what you're saying, because of COVID and because of other reasons, there are those who say, you know, I'm watching this church dwindle, what do I do? So you stay on the line. We're going to come back and have this conversation. I want to let others know that there is um, an open line, 303-690-3000. It's the only break. We're going to be right back, and we're going to continue with Diane. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here with you on today's program. And so we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, so give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. Got plenty of time in the program to be able to talk with you and converse with you. Maybe you got a question about the Bible or Christian living or how do we respond to all the crazy things that we see going on around us. The text line is 720-336-0897, and so uh, give me a text if you got a prayer request, and uh, we'll go to the text line as we have time. But we were talking with Diane um, before the break in Pennsylvania, and she was asking about Church Diane. You still with us? Yes, I am. I appreciate you holding. And um, Diane, just in case for those who may just tuned into the program, going to church and it has dwindled, and now she's the second youngest there, and um, wondering if she should move to another church uh, where she can get some fellowship, and how can she help the existing church to be able to bring in some younger people and. Diane, I think it takes a lot of prayer for you and just seeking the Lord. Um, One of the things that I I told my daughter, because we're so Calvary Chapel, you know, she grew up in a Calvary Chapel, that, you know, going to a Calvary Chapel where there's only like 15, 20 people, she's not going to really have that fellowship. She's really looking for that fellowship of other young people. And I encouraged her in that. And and. So fellowship is really important. I think community is really important in the days in which we're living in. And I'm about the same age as you are. I need that fellowship. I need that, you know, brothers and sisters that I can connect with and pray with and grow in the Lord together. So that is, you know, uh, something that is a priority. But a church that has dwindled down in numbers, you you got to ask why has it dwindled down so much? There may be different reasons. And there are churches out there that um, that are you know that at one time they were vital, they had a lot of people, but for whatever reason, it seems like that they're dying and they dwindle down to just a few people, or they're just all gray hair, and they're wondering how do we get younger people in? And there's nothing really that that you can do in and of yourself to get younger people in. It's kind of like, what do we do? How do we get younger people in? 
it's the vision of the church. You got to look at the vision of the church. Are they teaching the word of God? Are they reaching out to the youth? And that's one of the things that that I have emphasized here at Calvary Chapel is that I don't want to just get to where it's routine. I don't want to get to where we're not thinking about the next generation. We need to make an effort to really reach them and to be able to disciple them, to be able to um, you know, minister to them and for them to have a reason to be here. So those needs to be visions of the church. Um, and, you know, and so you are in a place of prayer. Do I help the church with that vision? Do I encourage the leadership in that? Um, is it the leadership? And I don't know your church. You do. These are all just things that I'm throwing out there for you to think about. Is the church saying, well, this is the way we do it. These are the songs that we sing. You know, we are going to do it this way. We're not going to change. You know, there are churches that have that mindset, and I'm not saying this is the one, you know, that your church is doing this. You know what's going on in your church, but this is the way we do it, and this is what we're going to do. We're not going to change, and and the young people aren't going to come. We're going to do the same music. We're going to, you know, there's—and it ends ends up dying. And um, rather than we want to be able to to minister and have a reason for these young people to come, and once it gets down to where it dwindles to hardly anything, it's it's hard to to rebound. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but there has to be a real move of God for you. Whether you're going to be in that where you can help and you feel like there's still life in this church, there's still life in and uh, we can reach out um, to these individuals because you know your community. You know the church, you know the leadership there, but also for you to be able to have fellowship and community is important as well, because I have talked to many people over the years, and I'm not saying this is going to be you, but over the years that they said, We're, I'm going to stay and try to breathe life into something that's dead, and and I'm going to stay in this church, and we're going to help them grow, and it, it nothing happens, and, and they end up drying up. They don't have fellowship. So this is something that the Lord will guide you and direct you in, whether to stay or whether you need to go and and have that fellowship, or is there something where you can help with that church, but go to a Bible study where ladies are at, that perhaps you can develop those relationships, because we're at an age where we're not getting younger, are we? No, we're not. (laughs) uh, We're not. We're, We're not spring chickens anymore, and... And whatever age that we're at, whether we are, you know, teenagers or whether we're senior citizens, we need fellowship. We need community. And that's one of the things I really stress on the radio program here. And it's one of the things that I stress in our congregation. And we really have ramped up small groups. We got, you know, lady studies, men's studies, young adult studies. Uh, youth studies, you know, different times, marriage fellowships, all these different, you know, opportunities for people to come on Sunday because at our church, we have three Sunday morning services. And I feel like sometimes we shuffle people in, we shuffle them out, we shuffle them in, we shuffle them out. And there isn't a whole lot of time for fellowship on Sunday morning. I mean, people can talk, but as soon as we're done with one service, we're starting another one. So I would encourage you to really pray about, I think it's important for you to, to have that fellowship, but pray about how you can, um, and you know the condition of the church that you're really struggling with, and, and you're not alone in this, but 
you know, is there going to be a vision for there to be reaching out to others um, and, and for the young people? And that's what you got to determine. Well, I think um, you're right. I, I agree with that 100%. There's a drive in me a little bit. I don't want to do this to my own detriment. You know, I need I need spiritual backing. I need people with me. I You know, um, I'm very strong in my faith, but I think it can bring you down. And and without you know having that fellowship and the boost from your your people, but at the same time, I think I have to give it like a little bit of a shot. And I thought maybe just starting with the people in our own church, they're not having fellowship. They're not. So upon myself, have have a coffee and donuts afterwards. Ask them to linger a little bit. Ask them to start communicating between each other. And maybe then I can get some cooperation, and maybe they'll then, you know, want more. Um, I right. also, I'm in an area where there's many Amish, oh, and okay. um, I, I drive the Amish, so they're, they're good friends of mine. And I've invited uh-huh. them to our church, the youth, to come to our church to sing. They train, they're like angels. And just to open it up to something new and something different and give people reason to come back to church in the evening or, you know, I just feel like there's a little bit more I got to do before I bail. (laughs) You know, I just... And I think that's Diane from the Lord and the Lord speaking to you and guiding you. And that's the wonderful thing. He promises as we go to him for counsel, they, as we wait on him, then he'll speak to us, and he'll be that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's Isaiah chapter 30. And and as he guides you and directs you, you know, maybe he's going to use you in that to be able to reach some of the youth. And it's not a matter of, you know, making goals. we got to have 100 people or 200 come. It's a matter of, are, are we going to reach out what God has told us to do? You know, and, you know, the the thing is we can look at numbers but in those numbers are individuals and we see that with Jesus you know the great multitudes that are spoken of but the individuals that he ministered to that are recorded for us that he you know had conversation with and brought healing to and you know he never forgot about the individual and the lord might be using you to minister to an individual to a couple individuals and has you there for that purpose and that's the wonderful thing about being a christian is that he guides us in that way. So, you know, I, I think you're on the right track, and I think the Lord is speaking to your heart. And, Diane, I'd like to pray for you that the Lord continues to do that. Yes, I hope everybody prays for all the churches that, you know, are dwindling. It's it's scary to me to think that people are, are you know, leaving our churches and leaving the Lord. We, we need a lot to of get young strong people. in numbers together. And Yeah, yeah. So. So, Father, I pray for Diane. I, I thank you for her heart. She she's It's a decision she's making, but not taken lightly, to be in the place where you want her to be, whether it's at the church that she's at, to find fellowship. I pray that she would get that fellowship, um, whether the, the church is you use her to reach out to others, to, to bring in others that she can uh, develop relationships with. Um, I pray that you would guide her in this, she knows her church, the vision of the church, to be able to stir up the hearts of others that are there. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just speak to her heart. Be that voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And Lord, as she is in that place where you have her, that you would just show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Hey, keep, let me know you how it goes. Thanks for your okay? time. You bet. Let us know how it goes, okay? I will do that. Have a great evening. Thank you. You too. You bet. You know, fellowship is really important this time of, you know, that we're in. And um, we we really need that. So, um, you know, it's great to listen to Christian radio and what you're doing here in a program like this. By the way, we got all open lines, so give me a call. We've been busy with phone lines, and uh, as soon as you call, we'll go to that uh, phone call. But all open lines, 303-690-3000. But one of the things I've been reiterating is we need fellowship. And maybe some of you that are listening, that that you're a Christian, but you're not in a church for whatever reason. And I know that um, there are different reasons for shut-ins or for others who just can't be around crowds right now. But for most of us that we are to be in fellowship, the Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. And listen, we're seeing the day approach. And I believe that we're seeing things around us that you know uh, are— pointing to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we as Christians need each other. We need to be uh, encouraged. We need to be prayed for. We need to develop those relationships. So don't miss out on that blessing. And so make it a priority for you and for your family to be in a place where you can grow in the Word of God, but grow with others as well. So um, just want to uh, let you know that on Grace FM that there is a family of churches that is listed there for Colorado and Wyoming, and I think for South Dakota, North Dakota as well. And so if you're looking for a church, those of you listening on Grace FM, go to that resource, and, and those churches are recommended, good Bible-teaching churches, and um, and you can find a church where you can get plugged in and where you can grow and you know have fellowship with other believers. The early church, listen, the early church did this, that they continue steadfastly in the Word of God. This is Acts 2.42. In fellowship, that word is koinia, really caring for each other, uh, really, you know, growing in the love of Jesus Christ together. Um, So they continued in the Word of God, the Apostles' Doctrine, in fellowship, koinia, in breaking of bread, and in prayer. Those are the four things. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. And those are four things that we should be continuing in. So be in fellowship, find a church. And I know we're still dealing with this COVID. I understand that. And here at Calvary Greeley, we have three services, and we're just going to trust in the Lord. Uh, We are going to uh, pray for God's protection. And, you know, we're going to try to be careful as much as we can, but we need each other. We need to be in fellowship. And um, the church needs to be strengthened um, as we come together and as we come together with one heart, one accord, one spirit. It's very important for us. Hey, we got all open lines, got plenty of time in the show. And um, again, want to welcome everyone on Grace FM, but also those of you calling in on Hope FM and Truth FM, perhaps online, the Freedom Radio Network. Give me a call. The And we just recently added the Freedom Radio Network a month or so ago. So glad that you guys have joined us. One of the the blessings I mentioned uh, that I had taken my daughter down to Florida. My wife and I drove her 2,000 miles from Colorado down to Florida uh, to Orlando where she's going to continue her education. 
And we were able to travel through some of those areas. I, a lot of the places that we were at, eight states, I've never driven through those states. Uh, Missouri, uh, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, down into Florida. And we were able to travel through places where uh, Calvary Live airs. And it was kind of neat to see that, see uh, Nashville, to see Chattanooga. Uh, I know that Freedom uh, Radio Network uh, is there, Cleveland. Tennessee, Atlanta. Um, and so it was a blessing and uh, to be able to see those states and such a blessing to be with you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Matter of fact, we got a call from Charleston, South Carolina, Christy, who's on line one. Hi, Christy. Hey. How are you? How are you? I'm good. You're welcome to the program. Um, thanks. I um. I listen to you every single night on my way to work. But um, I had a question about a verse I came across a couple months ago. Um, and it's Revelations, I believe it's Revelations 18.23. I'm driving right now, so I can't pull my Bible out. Um, but you be the careful, last word, Kirstie. I believe the, I'm sorry? You be careful, Kirsty. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I've got you on surround sound. Um, okay. But the, the last I believe it's the last word on, or the last sentence in that verse of Revelation 18, 23, it's sorceries. And it says, I think it says, um, don't, all nations will be deceived by sorceries or something along those lines. And uh, sorceries translated from Greek is pharmaceuticals or pharmica. And I was just curious to know if it's talking about um, specifically something like vaccines, or is it talking about all medicine in general? No, I don't think it's talking about all medicines in general. I don't believe it's talking about vaccines. It's also used, I believe, in chapter 9 of uh, the book of Revelation, in the sixth trumpet that comes out. It says that they did not repent of their murders, in verse 21, of their sorcery, same word, I believe, that is used, of their sexual immorality or their thefts. So the idea there, I believe, is it's speaking of drugs. Um, And, of course, the drug problem is huge in our nation and around the world. So the sorceries that that I believe that what's being speaking of here is speaking of of drugs. It's speaking of, you know, the drug problem that we have. And they wouldn't repent from it, from the murders, from the immorality. So I don't believe it's talking about medicine at all, that we can't take medicine. Um, you know, the the Bible doesn't prohibit that. Um, and we know that Paul the Apostle, that what, who was one of his main traveling companions? Can you remember, Kirsty? Yeah, I'm listening. It was a doctor. I, I, I don't recall that one. No. Yeah, it was doctor. It was doctor. I just doc- barely got into the into actually reading my word. Good, but oh, you're asking good questions because there are those who say you shouldn't take any medicine or you shouldn't use a doctor. And Paul had Doctor Luke, and Paul calls him the the beloved physician. And and it was probably good Paul had a doctor with him because Paul took a beating all the time. And um, but. The Bible doesn't prohibit from taking medicine um, and going seeing a doctor. We know that we can pray for healing. We know that he is the ultimate healer. We give him the glory, but we can use those means. And sometimes God will use the medical profession 
um, to, to, you know, bring healing. And if he chooses to do that, praise God. But I'm very thankful for the medical community. I'm thankful for the doctors and nurses. They're so awesome. Um, and they're training. And, uh, you know, I visit people in the hospital all the time. We've got people in church right now that are in the hospital. I'm very, we always pray for the medical team. We always pray for the doctors and nurses. Um, and I'm very thankful for their training and stuff. So um, those are available for us. And, you know, the other thing, too, Kirsty, is I was just, just popped into my head in Matthew's gospel that when he, Jesus, called Matthew to follow after him, um, he was, um, you know, being criticized by the, the Pharisees who said that, to the fair, to the disciples that your teacher eats with tax collectors and sinners. When Jesus heard that, he said, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick." So that comes from the lips of Jesus. He said, yeah. "Those who are sick, they have need of a physician." So he doesn't prohibit using doctors or you know um, the medical field at all. So I think the word that you're you're seeing there is for drug use. And, of course, it is a huge problem um, that is in our nation and in the world. Even would you, I mean, would prescription medicines be considered drug use as well? Well, sometimes we get prescription, you know, and there's been a problem with prescription medicine and, and that they've been dealing with. But I think we need to be careful. And that's what the doctors are for, um, to be able to to wisely administer them, to be able to ask the questions you know, I'm not a doctor, and people ask about the vaccine, ask about those things. Be wise, talk to your doctor, ask the questions, and that's what they're there for, to be able to help you in those things. And I think that people have different convictions, and we need to be careful. We need to be careful, um, you know, of those things, know what the ramifications are, and um, and to ask those questions that uh, we need to ask and not be afraid to do that. So, yeah, all right? All right. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. I have a good night. You too. Drive safe, okay? I believe Kirsty is the first call I've gotten from South Carolina. So, so glad that you guys are listening in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm so blessed getting calls from different places of the country that um so wonderful to be able to do that. Um, I do want to to um, go to um, a, a prayer request. There's somebody before the show that was praying for one prayer for Teresa in the ER, very, very sick. So, Father, we pray for Teresa. We just pray for whatever's going on. You know where she's at, and I just pray for her that you'd be with the doctors and nurses that are treating her. And Lord, touch her body. Lord, bring healing, bring um, answers. Uh, so she can get better. We, we just lift her up to you. This individual that asked for prayer that um, that knows about their friend or relative, whoever um, this individual is, that, Lord, that you would just um, help them to minister to her as well. So, Lord, we just commit her to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's see where we're at. I believe we got all open lines and so we got time uh, in the show, a few minutes, if you want to give a quick call. Let's go ahead and go in the uh, text line while we got some time in it. Uh, we um, got a question 
how do we prepare for uh, Jesus' return? Um, what happens to our sweet pets when we get raptured? And so the the question is that we get prepared for the coming of the Lord um, by watching. Jesus said, you be the wise and faithful servant that's looking for the master's return. And Jesus wants us to be prepared. We're to occupy till he comes. And we're going to go over this on Sunday morning. We're in the Olivet Discourse. And so you're welcome to to listen online at calvarychapelgreeley.org for that, that incredible teaching of the Olivet Discourse that we've been in over the last uh, few weeks on Sunday morning. And uh, the Olivet Discourse, as Jesus is speaking about the um, signs of the end of the age and of his return, and he speaks about that it's important for us to be prepared, to be wise and discerning and watching. And watching doesn't mean that we put on white robes and stand on the rooftops of our homes, you know, and looking up in the sky. It means that we are to be discerning and wise of the days in which we're in. And as we see the birth pangs and, and the upheaval that's going on that the Bible speaks of, it all points to the return of Jesus Christ, that we are in the last days, the budding of the fig tree, the nation of Israel becoming a nation is a super sign, you know, the other things that are before us. And so we are to watch, we are to occupy till he comes, and it's important. And that exhortation is given over and over and over again in the New Testament because Jesus says, I come at a time that you do not know. So that's how we prepare, keeping the word, Keep our eyes on him. Keep looking for the return of the Lord. John says, he who has this hope purifies himself. That is when we see the Lord, and it has a purifying effect on us. Because if you really believe, we don't know the day or the hour, the return of the Lord, but if we really believe that he can come for us at any time, you're not going to carnal out. You're not going to be weighed down with the uh, you know, carousing, as Jesus said, and the things of the world. But Uh, You're going to prioritize the things of the Lord, and it has a purifying effect on our lives. So that's how we prepare. When it comes to the rapture, as far as our pets, we're just going to have to entrust them to the Lord because the pets are not going to go with us, um, and we're going to go to heaven and be with the Lord. Um, But, um, you know, that's um, something that you're just uh, going to have to, you know, think about and pray through. I don't have a real answer for you on that one as well. So, it's important for us. It's important for us to be discerning of the days in which we are in. And I have a real, um, just real conviction to get that message out to the Christians today that we are in very unique times. We really are. And we are here for such a time as this. Hey, wait, we got a few minutes. Somebody said, hey, Pastor Jeff, can you pray for me? I've been in multiple trials for a long time. I'm tired. God bless you. So let's pray for Lily. Lily, the Lord loves you. And the Lord sees you. And Father, we pray for Lily. We just pray for her, that Lord, as she's going through multiple trials, that Lord, that you would help her, bring comfort to her, bring guidance to her. Um, and Lord, that she she would know that you desire to work. I pray that you would, Lord, as she looks to you, even as David would cry out when he was heart was overwhelmed, and he can call out to you, as he says, from the ends of the earth, and that Lily knows that you desire for her to call out and that you hear her, that you would just help her, guide her, bring the comfort that she needs, the direction that she needs. 
Help her in the trials that she's going through. You know exactly what she's going through. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. And I know that maybe perhaps many of you that are out there that are going through trials. I'm going through trials myself. I got somebody very close in my family that is very, very ill. And and the situation is grave in ICU. And, uh, and it's hard and it's difficult. And maybe perhaps you're going through some loss. Maybe you're going through just trials. Maybe you're going through a season where you think, Lord, what's going on? I want you to know this, that he loves you and he cares for you. And you go to him. You go to him and you call out to him. And so I think that it's, uh, as we close here, I want to read to you from Psalm 61. I love this psalm. As David calls out to the Lord, he says, Hear my cry, O God. And attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. And I will abide in your tabernacle forever. And I will trust in the shelters of your wings. And for you, O God, you have heard my vows. And so we know that we can go to him. And maybe you feel like you're in the end of your world. Know that the Lord sees you. He loves you. He cares for you. Go to him. Go and call out to him. And may the Lord bless you as you do that. Keep in the word, everybody. Keep in fellowship with one another. Keep looking for the return of the Lord. And uh, be the wise and faithful servant. And occupy till he comes. Because we are here for such a time as this. God bless you. We'll be back, Lord willing, same time tomorrow. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.